covering the last several weeks here. It's been a very good series. I've learned a lot from it, uh, taken a lot from it. I hope you find something of value to take from today's sermon. I think I'm going to be covering the one that can encapsulate most of these things. Because if you can do what I'm going to talk about this morning, there's a lot of things in this list that you can take care of pretty easily. But that being said, this is one of the most difficult things to do. It's not easy. It's not something that just comes to us naturally. It's not something that we necessarily like doing all the time. But it's something that if we can do this, we'll be pleasing in the eyes of God and it'll be more, it'll be easier for us to add the other fruits as well. We're going to talk about the fruits of the Spirit and the, and the flesh. And we get that out of Galatians. This is the, what we've been covering the last several weeks. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, self-ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like of which I tell you beforehand, just as I've also told you in times past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. We've covered all of these except for one. And the one I'm going to cover today is the fruit of the Spirit and its self-control. How many times have you said to you about yourself, man, I just lost control. Something happened, I got mad, and I just lost my temper. Something something happened, I couldn't control myself because I wanted to do it so bad. I just couldn't control myself. You know, self-control is not something that's very prevalent in our society today. In the United States, self-control is not something that a lot of people take pride in having. Self-control takes work. Self-control means I deny what I really want to do by my nature. You know, self-control is defined as this. Choosing to do what you should do not what you want to do. You know, I have a son, that video game controller, if he could do that all day, he'd do it. If he could plop down in front of the TV and have a game controller in his hand 24 hours a day, he'd be just happy. But there's other things alive, isn't there? We need to learn that self-control that I got, you know what, the schoolwork I got to do, or I got to go do this, or there's other things that I'd rather not be doing that need to be done, so I got to put away what I'd rather be doing. But we don't get any better as adults, do we? You know, I was asked this morning, and you've been watching a bunch of sports games. I go, not as much as I usually do. I haven't got to watch all. Normally, when the Texas Longhorns football is playing and the Dallas Cowboys football is playing, I'm in front of it, and Amber knows not to. You know, I've missed several Texas games this year. First year, you know, I don't know how long I haven't watched every game. Part of that maybe is how good they are this year, but I don't know. Haven't been winning a lot of games either, so maybe I shouldn't be watching them. I don't know. If I had my brothers, I'd be sitting anytime there's a sporting event on. You know, we were watching the World Series last night while I was working on this. If there's a sporting event going on, that's what I want to be doing. I want to be what? But is that what I need to be doing all the time? Can I control myself enough to say, no, I need to turn off that game and go do something else? There's something else that needs my attention more. And you know what's amazing about these things? Is there anything sinful in video games or sports of themselves? No.
But can I exercise self-control and know where they belong is the problem. Are they everything to me and I can't miss a single snap of a football game? Or can I put it in its proper place and control myself and know, no, I need to turn that off and go do this. You know, self-control sometimes we picture like this. There's a, we're having a fight with ourselves. What I really want to be doing and what I should be doing. You've seen that on TV before. You have the angel and the devil on one shoulder talking to you. Which one's going to win? I know what I really need to be doing, but I really want to do this. I know I shouldn't get mad and lose my temper, but man, they really made me mad and I really want to. Or I shouldn't indulge in this, but oh, it looks so good. It looks so promising. It looks like it'll be so much fun. I'd rather, I bet you don't see this every day, but it goes on in our heads every day. What I need to be doing versus what I really want to be doing. Which one's going to win? You know, some of us do that with food. <laughs> There's an apple and a cake. Which one am I going to eat? You know, the apples are really good. It's good. But that cake looks so much better. <laughs> oh, that cake looks good. Again, is there anything wrong with having a piece of cake? No. We're coming up on a season now where self-control is really put to the test. You ever pulled up to a Thanksgiving meal like that and... By about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, you're in a turkey coma? I have. <laughs> Sit down and watch the Cowboy game, and I can't even make it through the first quarter because I'm eating so much food, I fall asleep. Now, is there anything wrong with eating on Thanksgiving? No. Is there anything wrong with having a good time on Thanksgiving? No. But can we control ourselves? I can control myself a little bit better than what I have. I guarantee you that. My favorite... Sports events to watch on YouTube the next day. You ever watch the Black Friday clips the next day after Black Friday happens? I'll tell you, there's a total lack of self-control on Black Fridays. It's gotten so bad that there's even a website dedicated to tracking the fights, injuries, and fatalities that happen on Black Friday. Because people lose all control. Is there anything wrong with going and getting a good item at a good price on a Black Friday? No. But are we going to be holding on to a TV while somebody else is trying to drag it off? Or maybe we're going to trample a bunch of people trying to get to that TV. Or maybe we're just going to be in that mass humanity punching, kicking, and screaming trying to get to what we want. That's just three photos. And those are all three from just last year. You want to have some entertainment? Google Black Friday fights. It's, I mean, people absolutely lose their minds. Because I can get $1,000 off this TV. Oh, I got to have it. Is that what we want our kids to see us acting like? Is that what we want God to see us acting like? That I have no control over myself at all? Once something happens, I'm just reactionary. I can't even decide to do something else. You know, the world tells us something totally different than what the Bible tells us. If you want to know what the world tells you about self-control, you are a slave to your nature and instincts. You know what? You can try to modify it. You can try to do better. But at the end of the day, your instincts are going to take over and win. And what I mean by saying that is they say, you can fight for periods of time, but you will give in to your nature. 
You can fight against it. You can fight against your nature for a time, but eventually you're going to give in. You are just an animal whose instincts will take over. Anybody that knows anything about animals knows they do everything by instinct. People who train dogs know they got to train certain instincts out of them to do something. You know, Yancey has dogs that'll go get birds on command, go find birds on command. But you know what? Somebody had to train those instincts and hone them in. Because that's all they live by. They live by those instincts. And when you train those instincts, yeah, you can train them somewhat, but at the end of the day, they're still ruled by instinct. You just kind of modify those instincts to do what you want them to do. Is that the way we are? We can just kind of modify our instincts, but we really can't change. You know, whenever I was in high school in the late 90s, that tells you a lot about my age, I guess. But when I was in high school in the late 90s, this was right when sex education was starting to come into the high schools in Texas. And I remember there was a big debate about it. There were news programs that talked about it. And they had a doctor on there that came on there and said, if kids can control themselves, we wouldn't have to do this. But kids cannot control themselves, therefore we have to teach them this. And my dad looked at me and goes, you feel insulted yet? <laughs> you can't control yourself. We have to teach you how to do it the right way because we know you can't control yourself. Now, what I want you to understand is there's a difference in not being able to control yourself and not being willing to control yourself. That's the difference. Yeah, we may, not, we may be able to control ourselves, but are we really willing to do it? Or is the reward we get out of not controlling ourselves more attractive than the reward we get for controlling ourselves at the time? You can control yourself. The matter of fact is, are you willing to do it? That doctor was totally blatantly wrong. You can control yourself. It's just the fact of, yeah, I agree with you. Most seniors are willing to do it. I'll agree with you on that. That doesn't mean they can't. Just because I don't doesn't mean I can't do something. Just because I don't control myself doesn't mean I don't have the ability to. It just means I choose not to. So this is what the Bible says in Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 12. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in, this present age, in the present age, has taught us to deny ungodliness and worldly lust. You can deny these things. It's not something that you're incapable of controlling yourself. You can, you can deny doing what the uh, works of the flesh are that we've talked about in this series. You can deny to do this. I don't have to live my life that way. We can deny to live our lives that way. We can control our lives and say, I'm not going to do that. God and the worldview are totally different on, these, on this issue. God says, you can deny and not do what you're not supposed to do. The world says, oh, you're just going to be a slave to your instincts and eventually they're going to take over. They're polar opposites. If we look in 2 Timothy 3, 3 1 through 5, but know this, that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from such people turn away. Without self-controls in the middle of a bunch of stuff that we consider, oh, I don't want to be doing that. Nobody wants to be considered a blasphemer. Nobody wants to be considered unloving. Nobody wants to be considered a slanderer or a traitor. 
But self-control's in there? So you're telling me I have to be able to control myself? Or people should turn away or people should turn away from me if I can't control myself? Yes. God says it is possible for you to take control over what you do, the actions you take, the thoughts you have, and he expects you to do it. In 2 Peter 2, I mean 2 Peter 1, verses 5 through 9, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, to brotherly kindness love. For if these things be, be all, are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful of the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Again, self-control is in there. Well, if God brings it up three or four times, he must be pretty serious about it, huh? Because we read it in Galatians, we read it in Titus, we read it... God must take this pretty seriously if he's going to keep bringing it up. And not only that, he says, if you don't do it, you're short-sighted even to blindness, and you have forgotten you were cleansed from your old sins. You know, whenever you accept the gift of God through Jesus' death, something changes. And he's like, he's like, if this doesn't change, it's going to be like you were never washed from your old sins. You know that person before you found Christ? Yeah, he didn't have self-control. He didn't, think it was, he didn't think it was necessary to control himself. He thought it was okay just to do whatever he felt like doing. But you're supposed to be something different now. And if you're not, it's like you hadn't even accepted Jesus and was baptized or anything. It's like you were just before you, were, before you even met Jesus if you don't practice self-control. And of course, the other things on this list is part of the list. That's a pretty ex extensive list there. That should tell us how serious God is about us being able to control ourselves. In 1 Corinthians 9, 24-27, Do you not know that these who run in a race all run, but one receives a p the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it, and everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. Lest when I have preached to others, myself should, be, myself should become disqualified. Temperate in all things. Do you know what the definition of temperate is? Self-disciplined. You I mean, I can, be self, I can have self-control and self-discipline? Yeah, you can do that. I can discipline myself. You know, it's talking about running a race here. It's talking about one that beats the air. Have you ever seen somebody that just doesn't know how to run? And they're out there flailing, and they're not really going anywhere any way quick. But then have you seen somebody who trains to run an Olympic race and how smooth everything looks? They brought their body into discipline, and it looks smooth. And their body does what it wants them to do. You know, I have a, a guy I went to high school with. He started an organization called APEC. And if you know anything about Texas Tech, you may know something about APEC because Patrick Mahomes is one of his clients. And his whole thing is taking the body and training it to do what Patrick Mahomes or any other athlete needs it to do. He's been in the local news. He's been in the national news telling people about his workouts, how he trains Patrick Mahomes for the season for the Kansas City Chiefs, how he trained him whenever he was going to Tech. And he talks about how he brings his body under control and how he trains it to be disciplined in that art. Did you think Patrick Mahomes just woke up and was a great quarterback? 
I mean, sometimes it looks like it. Sometimes goes, man, that guy, he didn't even have to try. No, they all work at bringing their body into discipline and making sure it does what it wants them to do. Do we do the same thing in our spiritual race? Do we bring ourselves under control? But I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. Do we do that? Or am I just the way I am and that's just me? Or do we bring our body into subjection and discipline it to do what God wants it to do and what we need it to do to run that spiritual race? It's kind of the same concept when you think about it. It's just one physical and one spiritual. My, my friend teaches athletes to bring their body under control. That way they can do what they need to do on the athletic field. But do we bring our spiritual and our body under control? That way we can do what we need to do in, in, in our spiritual walk with Christ? Or do we just kind of ignore it? In Romans 8, 5 through 8, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You know where self-control has to start? And my teachers used to say it has to start between your ears. You have to change the way you're thinking. Are we 100% thinking on the physical? Because it says if we're carnally minded, it's enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. If you're a carnal minded person, you're not subject to the law of God because it can't be. You can't be carnally minded and be subject to God. Have we changed our mindset to the spiritual? Or are we all about the carnal? You know, in the United States today, if you look around, you can see that it's a very carnally-minded nation. Or any, anywhere in the world, really. But it's really evident here in the United States. That we've become a carnally-minded nation. Are we following the rest of the world? Or are we going to be spiritually minded the way that God calls us to be? Because in order for you to practice self-control, you're going to have to change the way we think. Because if you change the way you think, then it's a little bit easier to change the way we act. But it's all got to start up here and in here in the heart. That's where it's got to start. Because it's not going to be one of those things where I'm just going to fight it and bear it and grip my teeth through it as long as I can because eventually you're going to fail that way. But if we can change the way we think and the way, where our heart's at, eventually it's not going to be such a grind anymore. Eventually it's going to become easier to make the kind of decisions we need to make because we already got that mindset now of, no, I don't need to be doing those things. But if we don't change our mindset, it's going to be a losing battle every time. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Do we renew our minds? I mean, that's a simple question. Do we? 
Do we actively take an effort about what we think about, how we think about things? Do we actually spend time thinking about things? Or is it just a snap reaction? <laughs> Do we renew that mind? That way the mind is always in that mindset that it needs to be in. Because a lot like you've ever seen a horse, you put a bit in its mouth and you can lead it. Or even sometimes, even if it's trained well enough, you put, don't even have to put a bit in its mouth and you can lead it. If you can train your mind that way, it will lead your body where it needs to go. The problem is, do we put in the effort to do that? I want to look at two examples from the Bible of somebody who showed immense self-control and somebody who showed none. Um, we're going to look first at the story of Joseph. If you remember Joseph, he was, his, all his brothers got jealous of him because he was his dad's favorite. And they decided they were going to take care of this problem. But one of them had the broad idea, I don't think we need to kill him. Let's just sell him into slavery. So they sold him into slavery. And he uh, eventually ended up in Egypt in the house of a man named Potiphar. And he rose very highly in that house where Potiphar thought a lot of him and gave him some great control in that house. Potiphar had a wife who really liked Joseph. And one day when Potiphar wasn't there, he decided, hey, Joseph, come in here with me. You know, it would have been easy to not show self-control and go, yeah, I can do that. It would have been really easy. I don't want to do that. That would be fun. What did Joseph do? He ran out of there so quick, he left his, her, the, his garments in her hands. And he eventually went to jail for that because she made up a story about him. But he showed immense self-control there. Are we able to show that amount of self-control? Yeah, we're able to. Are we willing to? Are we willing to put in the work and change our mindset and be willing to know what God wants us to do in those situations or where we can do those kind of things? Then we have another story. story of King David. He was in his palace one day and he decided to go up on the roof where it was cooler. And when he went up there on that roof, he saw a woman bathing. Now, that, that could have been the end of it. He could have said, well, I don't need to be doing this. I'll go back down in my palace, and we'll just call it a day. Is that what happened? No, we all know the story of what happened. Instead, he, he looked. He started working in his mind. And then he had his servants bring her over to him, and he had an affair with one of his soldiers' wives. Well, the story could end there, Right? Yeah, he didn't show self-control, but the story could end there. No, it's not going to end there. Oops, she finds out she's pregnant. Now what's David going to do? Well, I can control myself and admit to my problem and take care of it that way. No, let's not do that. Let's call her husband back in from the battle. That way I can get a report from him. And her husband comes back, gives him a report to David. And David goes, okay, why don't you go home and be with your wife and you can return to the army tomorrow. He goes, no, nah, if my men can't go home to their families, neither am I. So David goes, oh, we still got a problem here. Well, maybe I could just admit what I did, say I showed a lack of self-control. No, let's not do that either. Let's get him drunk and hope he just stumbles his way home. So David invites him to a feast and gets him drunk and says, okay, I want to send you home now. So he's on his way home and he passes out on the steps of the palace. Doesn't make it home. So David comes back and says, man, I still got this problem. 
I can admit to not having self-control to what I did, but no, let's, let's take it a little bit further. I'm going to send a note to the captain of the army. And I'm going to put it in this man's hand and send it to him. And this man delivered his own death warrant. It said in this, in this letter that when the fighting is the hottest, I want you to pull back and let him die. Let your eye die. At any moment while that letter was on its way to the front lines, he could have changed his mind. Goes, no, no, I need to have some self-control here. No, he didn't. Well, he got back, gave the letter to the commanding officer. They did that, and the man died. All because of lack of self-control. Because I didn't control myself one time, and then I didn't control myself after that. And after that, have you noticed that? When you, don't, when you have a lack of self-control, it just develops into a pattern. You can get so far into it, by the end of it, you're so far away from what you originally did. He went from having an affair to a married woman. Yes, that's horrible. But he let it lead him all the way to murdering a man. You see how that lack of self-control just keeps adding and adding and adding until it becomes a pattern? Have we let it become a pattern in our lives where we're not willing to control ourselves? That's what happened at this moment in David's life. And not only did it cost Uriah his life, it cost the baby that he was going to have with Bathsheba its life as well. Now, I don't know if God, I can't tell you what God would have done if David would have stepped in at any moment and go, you know what, I'm going to show a little bit of self-control here and I'm just going to admit to what I did and See, I don't know if that would change God's mind at all. But I do know the fact that that one act of not having self-control led to a pattern of him not being able to control himself and thinking of ideas a way he could cover up not having self-control in the first place. That's what I do know. So don't let the world tell you you cannot control yourselves. I want to tell you that right now. Because I sit there and watch that as an 18-year-old and go, when my dad asked me, they go, yeah, I do feel kind of insulted that they don't think I could even control myself on that level. Don't let them say there's no way you can teach your children to control themselves. Don't let them tell you there's no use in trying to control yourself. Because you're just an animal that's going to give it to its instincts before it's all said and done. No, there is a way to do it. It's work. It's a lot of hard work sometimes. Because we've got to change the way we think. And sometimes that's not easy. A lot of the times that's not easy. But that's what God has called us to do. And if you look at the rest of these fruits of the Spirit, if you can start with that one about being able to control yourself, a lot of those will fall in line after it. Because I can now control myself, so I, instead of being angry and bitter all the time, I can be loving. Because I can control what I need to do. Instead of giving in to the flesh all the time, I can control what I do with my life. Instead of giving in to those works of the flesh all the time. I can control myself and say, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to turn my mindset around and that's not going to be a part of my life anymore. But the problem is we've got to be willing to do it. There's a difference in being able to do it and being willing to do it. You have to be willing to put in the work and willing to deny what you really want to do and do what God would have you do instead. I'm going to leave you with a quote. One's great challenge is to control oneself. You know, I can't control you. 
I can't make you do anything you don't want to do. But my challenge is to control me. Do what I need to do. Do what I should do. And you know what? That's going to, have, that's going to be enough work to keep me busy the rest of my life. Because as I said, yeah, kids are bad about self-control, but it doesn't get any easier. It's just what you control yourself about as adults. And if we can instill that in our kids early, it'll make their lives easier as well. Don't let anybody tell them they can't control themselves. Don't tell anybody all the way they throw a temper tantrum. Oh, that's just okay. They're just being kids. Now, we need to teach from an early age how to control yourself because it'll save a lot of hard work in the future when they have to decide to do it later on if it's already instilled in them at that young age. Don't let people tell you it can't be done. Don't let the world look at you and say, why are you even trying? You're fighting a losing battle. Because it can be done, and God expects it to be done. We just got to be willing to put in the work to do it. Maybe you've not showed this kind of self-control you need to show. You know what? I've given many examples up here of times I've lost my temper. I've lost, I didn't show self-control. You're not going to be perfect at it. I don't want to give that illusion at all. There's going to be times where you give in to that and you're not going to show the self-control you need to show. But are we going to be the kind of person that learns from that mistake and moves on? Or are we going to be the kind of person that was like David in that time and just let it build and keep building and keep building until the situation's totally out of control and you can't ring it back in at all even if you wanted to? That's a decision you have to make. Like I said, I can't control you. It'd be easy if I could just tell my kids to do something and make sure they did it and make sure they did it the way I wanted them to do it and make sure everything happened just the way I wanted it. But I can't even make them do that. I have a little bit more control over them than you, but we're still all independent thinkers. And we have to make that decision for ourselves that I'm going to change my mindset. I'm not going to give in to those works of the flesh that we've been talking about. And instead, I'm going to control myself, bring my body into subjection and discipline, and do what God wants me to do. And it is possible to do. Don't let anybody tell you it's not. If you haven't been doing that, or maybe you need to start doing that, we ask you to come and make your wishes known and sit on the front pew as we stand and sing.